Hey everyone, Mr. Devil here, Kenny Danico, three-time Stanley Cup champion of the New Jersey Devils, and you're listening to the Uncle Puckers New Jersey Devils podcast with Chris, Dan, Bobby, and Tony, the Uncle Puckers. Let's go Devils! More music on trendy beats. Oh man, that wasn't a free one, I guess. <laughs> I downloaded it. That was a beat for us. That was well, it's John Cena's theme. It's the time is now, uh, and so it's it. The time is now. Time is that now. Like Dan it. should unmute his microphone because the time is now to do a podcast. So Actually, what's up, Pucker Nation? He's back. What's up? It's Chris, Dan, and Bob tonight. Uh, our pre pre Thanksgiving, two days before Thanksgiving podcast, where we will discuss all shitty things New Jersey Devils. But <laughs> I'm gonna try and keep an optimistic tone for this podcast. You're not starting out very well. You couldn't go lower. So. Yeah, it's not good. But how are you guys doing? So, you know, all right. Get into the Thanksgiving frame of mind. How about you, Bob? Ready for the holiday. Ready for the break. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Got a chuckle listening to uh, the Trap and Bill talking about gravy being brown. He's damn right. And Chris, I know you're Italian. Where do you stand on that? Is gravy uh, brown? Gravy's brown. Red? Sauce is red. Okay. But my entire childhood, it was gravy. Yeah. You know, so. in, in like, all my, like, oh, it's Sunday gravy, all that stuff. So it's, it's in the old guineas call it, you know, gravy. <laughs> When I got into cooking and, you know, learning from a lot of chefs and stuff, it's no. Brown is gravy. Red is sauce. And that's it. Don't give Green a shit where more. you're from. That's, right. that's that. Uh, where Just do you stand it. on the gravy v. sauce, Dan? We never called it gravy growing up. Uh, but, you know, only had a half Italian family. My father wasn't, you know, man of many words. So he would be commenting on what my mother <laughs> called it. So she called it sauce. But, you know, like I think my even my grandmother who was, you know. Italian called it sauce. So I can't explain why they didn't do the gravy thing. I'm familiar with that. Uh, I wonder if it's a regional, you know, from wherever you came from. Uh, Maybe. You know, I, I don't know. But I know on my father's side, they were all from Brooklyn. You know, that's how they all got together there and lived the whole Italian life there. And when they came here, they either consciously or otherwise changed it to sauce. Or Maybe they were saying it all along. Who knows? Right. Lost to history. What part of Italy are you? Is your family from, Dan? Um, they were Sicilian, uh, my father's side. Yeah. So my grandmother you can't was here. say that without thinking of the Christopher yeah. Walken oh, true romance, uh, Dennis yeah. Hopper thing. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that's the best scene ever. Um, but yeah, that's that's. Uh, I I think uh, my mother, my grandmother's side, was like second generation. My grandfather was like first generation. Gotcha. And uh, but then my mom's like. Uh, you know, from all over, all different kinds of waspy mixed stuff. So, like, my dad's side is all from Sicily, and my mother's side is from this small town um, in, I don't know where in Italy, is, um, but a, they did, my sister, my, like, third cousin or whatever, did a whole ancestry thing. Oh, yeah, so yeah. So we got, the, we got the all the, the paperwork back and stuff. So apparently my great-great-grandfather, they were all from this town in Italy, 
or maybe it was my great, great, great grandfather uh, was the mayor of this town. Sounds like and a great guy. And supposedly he uh, was a great pretty corrupt. Oh, and, <laughs> yeah. And he I like get that from the title. Yeah. <laughs> so great. And, and he he got a shitload of like stole a shitload of money, like from all the people in the town. Like he was the mayor of the town for a long time. Right. And like there's this rumor around the town that great. My, yeah, great, great, great embezzler. That he buried all this money on his property. Well, it's yours by rights. You have, to go, you have to go retrieve so it. I should, right? Yeah, that's that's a, a family. Uh, yeah, absolutely. That's your family jewels are buried yeah. there. I'll go. All right, just we'll in go. case you find something. I'm, I'm sure it's owned by some very nice Italian family that will let us go and dig up all their property in hopes to find some long lost treasure that was stolen. It sounds reasonable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I guess all treasure was stolen, pretty much, right? Uh, what is ownership? What is it? <laughs> I, did, I did hear that like there was like this uh, treasure of like a sunken ship or something that was had like something like equivalent to like ten or eleven billion dollars and now you know our, the money right. today. Um, Spanish doubloons or something. Yeah, and you some know, rich stuff, rich people stuff, rich people shit problems like you know we don't have. Right. So somebody, somebody from I don't know if it was America or UK or something, they found this ship, and now there's like this whole, there's like four countries now that are saying no, it's our money, you know, and and you know this yep. came from you know this was Spanish, this was a Spanish uh, ship, and I think it all the guy, and the guy that found it was like you know this this is my money, <laughs> like, yeah. I found this shit, yeah. like you <laughs> yeah. know there's and all these different countries now, yeah, there's like are four countries, to- you know, big national national armies and everything, no, you don't own this that um, yeah. that we agree You're, you get nothing sir you right? get nothing you know we'll yeah, give you the credit know. for finding it i'm sure like these things have gone to court before i have no idea how they get settled you would think that the treasure seeker that's who gets it but you never know uh i don't know they, you know you could make an argument that it, from whatever continent it came from it could go back there like they're trying to do that with um certain things that have been in museums for a long time right mm-hmm. yeah and it's like yeah but you stole that from wherever egypt or whatever it is and you know, are you ever going to give it back? <laughs> exactly. Uh, there was, well, there was that family, and I don't know if you guys heard this. Maybe like ten years ago or so, out in California, they were a pretty young family. They were like in their like early mid thirties, and they had this piece of property in Northern California, and they were out walking their property. And one day, they were just walking this little trail along their yard, and they saw like this uh, coffee can. Like kind of sticking up from the dirt by a tree. So the husband said, "What the fuck is that?" Goes over, digs it up. There were like thirty of them buried. All these cans, and they were filled with um, Spanish doubloons. And oh. it was like something like ten, eleven million dollars that they found on their property. And I didn't that was know all the theirs. Spanish had coffee cans. I don't think the Spanish were the ones that buried it. Oh, it was somebody else. Somebody with yeah. access to coffee cans. Somebody right. with access. It was Mister Folgers. Andy and, Dufresne. Uh, they kept the uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, Garrett. There's two movies for Garrett. We got to give him right That's there. Right. If he hadn't seen The Shawshank Redemption or True Romance, yes. Garrett needs to watch them, and then he needs to let us know what he thinks of them. Yeah, uh, I would definitely though, right? start with True Romance, which I think any human being who has never seen that movie is missing something in their life, and they need to watch it. But these are we're not saying these are Scorsese movies, right? He was talking mm-hmm. about Scorsese movies last time, wasn't he? Right. Well, True Romance is not a Scorsese. It's a really a Quentin Tarantino movie. I mean, he wrote it, but he didn't he direct it. it. He didn't direct it. The director, I think, killed himself. Did he really? Yeah, I think he so. didn't like it. I don't know. Uh, I, the best unknown thing about that, Bauke Bartakamus has a role. Isn't that great? 
Oh, into Beverly romance, Hills. yeah, yes. yeah, and Beverly Hills Cop, which Bobby actually yes, did yes, his did. line the, a couple of shows ago. Oh no, you got me serious. Get the fuck out of here. He was great, but uh, yeah, True Romance was fantastic. I remember seeing oh, that in the movie theater, and I was completely blown away. It was such a great flick. My kids love that movie. It's fact, such a good I mean, movie, just man. bought like a used DVD director's cut of it. Like, oh wow. Yeah, like they love that movie. That's their favorite. I was watching Heather's uh, this afternoon for a little bit. It was on. Yeah. That is a great movie. It is. Completely forgot about that. I was actually saying to my wife just recently, I'm like, we should watch that again. And then it was on like uh, today. Right. So I was, yeah, I was watching nice. a little bit of it. It was before Christian Slater became fat. And I kind of like Christian Slater better now. He's pretty good, Mister Robot. I like Mr. Mr. Robot. Robot. He was good. That's the last I thing him. I can remember seeing him in. Uh, well, I, he does a lot of voice work now. Um, like oh. Archer, he does voice work in. I did no all the voice, I uh, voice work. Archer. Yeah, he played a character, a CIA character called called Slater. That was his name. <laughs> so oh, I was, totally missed that arc. I've I've seen nice. random Archers. I like them, but I haven't seen them all. Yeah, they yeah they're one. It's one of those shows I can watch in small increments. After a while, it just gets annoying, and then I got to stop for you know a couple of months, and I go back to it. Right. But um, he was also did uh, the voice for the father in Inside Job, which is on Netflix, which is another fantastic show. Um, it's an animated show, but it is okay. so freaking good. I told you about that Dan a while ago, Bobby. Yeah. If you haven't watched Inside Job, nope. It's hysterical. It is a fantastic show. It's like take all the deep state crazy right wing crazy bullshit about you know lizard people and all this stuff right all as crazy as you can get well it's all real and okay. these people work for the company that controls it all oh my so, yeah okay. it gets, season one's better than season two but it's really good nice i love yeah. it let me check it out so how about we talk a little hockey boys sure, yeah what's going on? so well, i guess it's some good news i mean we can't just be negative um right. uh, i mean Nico Heischer should be back, uh, hopefully tomorrow night against the Red Wings. Yep. So that's huge. No Timo again. He's going to be out for this road trip. So he won't be playing at least tomorrow. I'm, I'm guessing he'll be out for a while. But I, I do have something to say about this team right now. It's not a, I mean, a hot take or whatever, but I will say this. The New Jersey Devils season starts tomorrow. They have got to put away everything that's happened up to this point. The injuries, the bad defensive play, the atrocious goaltending, all that stuff has got to be put aside. Your season starts tomorrow against Detroit. You have, if you have Nico back and then you have Jack back, like Jack, when he was on this team before the injury, they were covering up for a lot of their bad play just by offensive scoring. Well, we missed that, of course, when Jack wasn't there and we saw what happened, but they've got to clean it all up. And I know they know that. Uh, And this comes down to everybody on the bench and everybody that's skating. They have got to clean this up. Their season starts tomorrow and they got to get right because when I go to the standings and I see us at sixth place in the Metropolitan Division, it makes my heart hurt. It makes me sad. Oh, they've got to do something. I hear six, you, man. They, 66 they, games left. I just can't believe it. I can't believe that it's uh, been this rough for them. Uh, I mean, injuries explain a lot. If you just told me ahead of time, hey, listen, they're going to have this many injuries in, I would be like, uh-oh. I, I don't think we're going to be leading them, the, the conference, the Metro uh, either. Uh, but as low as we are right now, I mean, 
it does speak to how tough our division is. You know, we got some good teams in there, and they're playing well. Uh, but it's also, you know, hugely disappointing. Just I, I would have thought we would have been much better shaped than this, even with the injuries we have. Yeah, um, for sure. You think you sustain most of them. Um, but I think to Chris's point, I mean, at this point, it doesn't take much to take off. We've got a favorable schedule. Um, nobody's saying we got to go ahead and rip off 10 straight in a row, but you know the game, right? Three mm-hmm. out of four wins, things like that, you know, five out of six points, a little more consistency. It's definitely, it definitely could be there. And, you know, the good news is coming back slowly, right? Jack came back. You came back. You can, you can look at some of the games, even though our goaltending has been atrocious at times and maybe see a pattern. that's getting a little better. Um, right. defense at least a little better like not great yet we still got a long way to go but it's not like they're still going down to me right you know, they're, you they're think... generally playing a little better yeah that's true uh they were definitely playing worse defensively they have been getting it together better than before i agree but do you think the the injuries that this team has are completely random because sometimes you know we talk about the injury bug it's just a matter of luck and and there definitely is that element in general but I'm just wondering if there's anything about the way this team's playing, the style of play, uh, the kind of personnel, or maybe even the way other teams are trying to play us right now. You know, are we are we getting more hits? Are we getting more blindside hits because of we're you know not as conscious for that as we should be? You know what I mean? Like, is there anything going on with this injury bug that's more than just bad luck? Well, I mean, I don't have numbers to back up what I'm going to say, so it's just as strictly off the eye test. But we are – we're not a tough team. We're soft, and we've said this before. They have a yeah. toughness problem, and I think that teams know that. And we've – you know, Tony has been big on this since last season, and I think he's 100% correct on it, that this – got people know now, teams know now, that there's not going to be any retaliation. You know, what you go after, you know, Heischer, and you knock him out of – eight games, 10 games, however many games he missed. And what's the worst that you're going to suffer? A two-game suspension for Connor Clifton. That's it. You know, okay, you know, Palat dropped the gloves, but it wasn't like he got his ass beat. It wasn't much of a retaliation. Uh, These guys are getting hit left and right. I mean, you watch that Ranger game. I mean, that was embarrassing at times. Uh, There was nobody to stand up. And and it comes down to just having – you know, I know that one guy doesn't make a team tough, but we don't even have one guy that you got to watch out for. Like, like we said, like you watch. I hear you. I wonder how much you can really be like that kind of soldier enforcer in game anymore. You know what I was thinking the other day is that maybe I know it sounds crazy that the lack of team defense is what's getting these guys hurt. And by that, I mean, like, OK, let's say I'm playing the Devils. What's the game plan on the Devils? Hit them hard. You might knock yes. one or two out during the game. Hit them hard. Hitting is always a good strategy. Now, what would make you think twice about that? A killer Scott power. Scott Stevens play. on the bench. Well, well, maybe, but also a killer power play that's going to put you down. But you know what? We had a killer power play. So why doesn't that work? You know why? The Devils are going to give you scoring chances, great scoring chances, and you just got to capitalize and hit them hard. And because, in other words, if you were playing a Devils team that is not going to give you a lot of chances, do you want to go to the box with them? No, no, you're going to be less likely to throw those kind of hits because it's a tighter game. If you can get something out of hitting and you're not going to face not only the repercussion of a tough guy or Scott Stevens, but of a team that is only going to give you a a few chances, you're going to give them uh, a chance to negate those chances with a power play. You're going to think twice about it. 
Well, so you I'm look at last. Defense. I think that's I think that's on the nose. You look at last season, right? And we weren't giving up these unbelievably great scoring chances to the opposition, and we were winning games and winning big because mm-hmm. they, we didn't give them a ton of opportunities. Well, this year we're you know if I'm a team playing the Devils, I say, look, they're going to come at you fast. Hold on tight for the first 10, 15 minutes. Let's just weather the storm. They're going to make their mistakes. And when they do, we capitalize because it's not just one or two mistakes. They're going to give you six or seven high scoring chances, like you said, Dan. And you're just going to pick it. And the good teams aren't going to miss. And, you know, it happened with the Rangers. happened with Winnipeg, you know. All it takes is just wait us out. In the third period or whatever, we're going to make the mistakes and just capitalize on it. And that, to me, is a coaching issue that to me is also a personnel issue uh you know had getting rid of of severson and and uh graves, graves i did not think was going to be that big of a deal i thought that we would be able to get through that knew it would be a little bit hard in the beginning i figured 10 maybe 12 games ball hughes they might have to work it out but we've said ad nauseum those two dudes aren't the problem. Like right. that, that only works if Marino and Hamilton and Siegenthaler are playing, you know, at the level that we know they can play yeah, at. Replacement for Smith, and they haven't. And then we have Brandon Smith, who for whatever reason, you know, can't get his way out of this lineup. Like it doesn't matter how bad you're playing, you're in. Um, I do think that maybe with. Hughes and Heischer back. At least Heischer, I think, should definitely cut back a lot of those, um, you know, glaring opportunities that we're giving to other teams. He's extremely good defensively. Right. Colin Miller back there. Maybe he can hold down the fort a little bit better like than what Smith. I've seen from Miller so far. So have I. I also want to just get back to, you know, 12 and 6. I don't like this, you know, 11 and uh, 7 that we're doing. I'm not yep. a fan of that. I want to get back to just having our normal lines. I know it's because of injury. But again, why though? Why mm-hmm. did we have to have Miller and Smith in the lineup? Why what was so you know, why couldn't we have had Max Woman in and just Miller and Sit Smith? I don't understand some of these things that I don't know. Had. I do think the coaching is seeing more in Smith than we're seeing. Maybe it's you know, his veteran uh status and that's what's holding them up. I don't know. At this point in the season, I'm willing to say, okay, maybe they see something that I don't understand yet. But uh, I honestly feel like a lot of Devils fans are going, why is Smith, you know, basically not just getting out of the rotation for a game or two and see what happens? Yeah, you know, there's a difference when we – a lot of the things we talk about, and you can look at – you can go to podcasts, you can go to the radio, you can go to just social media in general. A lot of the topics we'll talk about, there's a pretty good split. You know, of 50-50. Or in some cases, there's like always, you know, the radical on each side and then a sure. contingent that's kind of in the middle. This is one where like to a man, like everybody, fans, analysts, maybe not a professional analysts, you know, they're not saying as much. But the Smith thing, like mm-hmm. why? Like everybody's saying it. Just pull him out. Let him go. Now, there's good news. It looks like at least in practice, the lineup card, he was kind of the seventh defenseman. Good. And we had the full 12 going because it just, when it's, when it's that many people noticing it now, it's real. It's not just our opinion, you know, right. I, you know Smith sucks. No, it's like the whole world is saying, what is he doing right now? And we yeah, at least for a game or two, you know, 
Yeah, but we used to make jokes last season, you know, when Brendan Smith was in the lineup. Hey, all right, what's the over-under for his penalties tonight? You know, two or three, you know, it, we'd always he, – he was known for this. It's not like, you know, Marino where it's like, holy shit, what happened to this dude? That's or even Siegenthaler. Like, dude, you're not playing up. Like, Smith is playing the same way he's always played. Like, right. I just – you, you know what you're gonna going to get. I, in, uh, yeah, I don't understand it. But it, you're and, right. That's not what's actually hurting our defense most. It's the yeah. guys we, we counted on to be good. And right now, yes. you know, we've always said about Tom Fitzgerald and what a great job he's done on this team and everything like that. Yeah, he's put all the pieces in place, and I'm super happy, and I love what he's done, except one move. I have to say, you gave Lindy Ruff an extension, and I'm like a little bit, why? Why did you do that? So far, you have given Lindy Ruff a fucking Ferrari to drive. And I understand that, you know, throughout the course of the years, there's been a few flat tires here and there. You haven't been able to get this car up to speed. It's a good analogy. Ferraris are always breaking down. (laughs) But even (laughs) for what you have, like, dude, you have to be able to drive this car. You have to be able to get these guys buying into your system, playing the way, because they're all capable. So what is missing? That's what I don't understand. I don't want to put all the blame on yeah. Lindy Ruff because he's not the one putting the skates on and going Mr. out there Magoo. every fucking game. What? Yeah, it's, is he more like Mr. Magoo in this car? He might be. He's he might be Mr. Magoo in a fucking Ferrari. Yeah. I just Ferrari. don't understand like the 180. We've been joking the whole year, you know, starting last year about his ability to like mix it up at the drop of a hat. And then mm-hmm. with those defensive pairs, it took him like 16 games to even move Smith. To put him and with that, somebody else. Like, and now just moved, try it. Now, we, we played the two games, right? I think, uh, was it – now, the Winnipeg game, did we have the defensive pairings mixed up then or was it basically the same? He didn't mix them up until the Pittsburgh game, right? No, I think it was no, the No, it was the Winnipeg game. All right, so that didn't look so good because we ended up losing that game. But then you saw those new pairings really kind of taking form in on that game against the Penguins last week. Yeah. I thought we played a great game. We played a really good devil style game. And, you know, the Rangers, we knew it was going to be tough. But, you know, again, that's a game I feel like we should have we should have won that game. We had well, so many opportunities. Yeah, the, the good takeaway. And it's so disappointing to lose to the Rangers. You know, don't forget, the Devils did play a pretty damn good game. They didn't finish it off. Right. And that is disturbing. It's a problem. You don't want to just be like, well. They played pretty damn good. It just, you know, let off the gas to the five-minute mark or whatever. Uh, that's not okay, but it's way better than just coming out flat and just never being in the game like we were a few games ago, you know. So there is that. I, I, I do think that things really should get better, and uh, we're right to be a little impatient with it because, like you said, this is a Ferrari that's been – looks like it's under the control of Mr. Magoo right now. But, um, <laughs> there, there really I has think, been. Uh, things are coming. There's been no consistency in any way the start of the season, with the exception of you know the defensive pairing staying the same for so long. I mean, people are constantly out of position, a lot of injuries. Mm-hmm. Um, whether they're using players in the right roles, we can argue like the whole debate and all this. When was the right time? The schedule's been weird, right? The schedule's, schedule's been, been weird. There is yeah. a lot of things. It's like quicksand. Yeah, big uh, long gaps, and we got a million excuses why it makes right. sense that they're not doing their best right now, but. I think you said it well. It's we're pretty much out of that time where any of that matters anymore. The season has to start now. If it yeah. doesn't start now, it's going to be starting without us. Put it that way. There won't be yeah. any time to make the playoffs. We'll be looking at that on un- an unenviable position of trying to maybe, if we're lucky, 
have the stars aligned for a wild card spot. Like it's that's just that's well, stresses. That's really no good. I don't care if we win the president's trophy, but I mean we should be in the playoff hunt. Uh, you know, pretty well solidified. I would say. I would have thought this team would have been in by January, February. But how, how many points like, do you think you need to make the playoffs? Uh, boy, I don't what know. What do you think? Um, what was it last year? I, I, I gotta say it's like ninety-five at least, isn't it? Yeah, that's probably. Especially now, because uh, you know the teams around us are better. So I, I think it's so. We there. need eighty more points. So we have sixty-six games left to get eighty points. No reason not to. If yeah, I mean well, there that's really about is a three out of four clip. Right. Okay, because it's around roughly 120 points up for grabs if you got 60 games, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, and if you're going to win uh, 80 out of 120, that would be about three every. You got to win three out of four from here on out. Yeah, this yeah, is not easy. Yeah, it's, it's not going to be that's easy. That's a pretty good clip to and, give yourself enough that, points to feel confident that you're in. And if they go another two weeks of this, you know, one win a week bullshit that they're doing, they are – going to yeah. be out of it they're so, not going to be able to get into the certainly playoffs. can't do them that, and edmonton will be sitting home in april what a story yep. that would be um but yeah the, you know what changes that quickly a five-game winning streak a yes. six-game winning streak and then the math completely flips and now you're looking at yeah you still always want to get somewhere around that three out of four for sure but then you're also mixing in an overtime loss those points here and there you know you get seven or eight of those throughout a year too that adds to your bottom line so right. i mean i I'm still very confident they're going to be able to pull it together. I, like I said, I don't ever expect a 13-game winning streak, but I do expect to start seeing streaks of three and five and you know that kind of thing at a time. Well, this week you have three very winnable games. I'm not saying easy. I'm just saying with the Devils playing the way that they play, they have you know they should beat the Red Wings tomorrow. They should beat Columbus on Friday, and they should beat Buffalo on Saturday. Um, you know, they, they've got to get it together and, you know, that's one, one surefire way you crack those three off in a row. And then next week, your three games that you have are, uh, the Islanders, the Flyers and the Sharks. Okay. So, right. You know, there's, there's two divisional games that are a four point swings. You have to win them. The problem Um, is we're looking at that under the lens of the team that was built that we always knew it was going to be. When you actually look at where some of those teams that you know are winnable, but it won't be easy from points. They're tied with us or above us. I mean, even I hate to say it, but like look at the Flyers. Yeah, I looked at that and saw an automatic win, and now I'm like, well, they're actually playing pretty damn well. They're at well, a better winning clip over the last few games than us. Yeah. How many games though have the Devils lost? Where the team on the ice, and let, I'm going to have to explain this a little bit because I know it's not going to sound right. So the team, the winning team were actually the better team on the ice. Now, I know they were because they won. But gotcha. when you can look at, holy shit, look at all the mistakes the Devils made. Look right. at how out of position they were. Look how badly they did this or they did that. That gave the team the other uh, the opportunity. It's not like we're going up against better no. teams. I don't even uh, think we faced a goaltender who was so hot that he couldn't be beat this year. No. That was not really the problem. We're scoring goals. It's a team defense problem. So this is yeah, a, it, none of our opponents have overwhelmed us. It's like wow, we are not ready for these guys. Something yeah. fundamental, be, you know, between the years, something between the message from Lindy Ruff and his staff to these players is not clicking. And Tom Fitzgerald, I believe, 
I think he definitely needs to make a move on defense. And I do think that he might seriously be thinking about making a move for a goaltender. If there is even somebody around, because I just, well, yeah, you know, like who, I, who's out there. I don't know. On the, even on the horizon, uh, it's hard to see now, about this time of the year. You usually don't know what the, uh, you know, big names are going to be come draft deadline time, but nobody is talking about any goaltenders uh, that I think are a good fit for this team or a real upgrade. That's what I'm, I would have maybe that, said that might not be coming. I would have maybe said John Gibson out in Anaheim, mm-hmm. but you know what? Anaheim's actually playing pretty good right now, so yeah. I don't think they're going to be looking to dump him. Um, oh, I think it, it, it's not somebody within our own system right now that can replace Schmid. Uh, it's going to be Schmid and Vanacek, and I. It's not again. It's not that I don't think Schmid has uh, the chops to do it. But the, you know, the, it it comes all it, it's all down to like the team has to play better in front of him, and he's got to make a big save. Um, and you know, Vanacek has been able to do that. Neither one of these guys are lights out goaltenders, so we're going to have our hands full uh, throughout the rest of the season. But it comes down to the team defense and our puck possession, and just not making these stupid freaking mistakes. It's like yeah. watching this team. I feel like it's two thousand and twenty one or twenty two sometimes or twenty one twenty one sometimes. Yeah, I don't think there's any savior coming. I mean, even if there were like a defensive trade, I think it'd be a, like a, a minor shore up. I, I think that it's within that room now, and I don't see anybody saving them. And they really shouldn't have to. That's if a good put point, the team huh? back together, they shouldn't have to. So it's a great point. Like, where is the message breaking down? Still the same head coach as last year. So where is it breaking down? Is it our assistant coach? Um, like, I can't place it. I'm really so lost this year at, at some of their performance. So, Is it also the fact that without Nico and, and Jack in that lineup, to, you know, missing all those games together, could it have been just that the, there was nobody there to kind of take the reins? And, and I don't know. Like, I mean, I'm like def- you. I don't know. I don't think we'll ever know, but I have a hard time believing that's a great answer. Nico is, uh, you know, definitely he's the captain. He's a huge part of this team. But we have other people there, and I think some of them have shown the capacity to lead, and at times we're playing well. But it, I don't think it's just they're looking for that one guy. You know, Eric Halla, Palat, like they they had leadership moments that were there for the taking. Right. It's just that mm-hmm. when you don't win, it's hard to say that, oh, you know, the leadership was fine, you know. Uh, but I don't see where it was lacking, to be quite honest. And I do say, and I've said this a million times, and I keep saying it, like if these guys do run off a 10-game win streak, I would not be shocked. Like they have all the pieces in place. Like if they go out tomorrow night and just route Detroit and then route Columbus and, you know, win against Buffalo or whatever, like this would not shock me. It'd be like, okay, finally, we're there. But, um, you know, there's just something missing. And, again, I don't think we lost enough players to really – I mean, other than – Really, Timo being on this team now, full bore uh, all season, and the addition of Tyler Toffoli, which has not hurt this team, has just been a godsend. Like, what real big changes? The two defensemen? Like, okay, we lost two defensemen. We also have two studs up there now that should be doing the job. Like, where is this disconnect? Do you think the league's calling? And I have zero data for this, too, but I was just wondering if it was just a product of them not winning that makes me see this versus the reality of the situation. But do you think the league's not calling as many interference, clutch and grab type calls as last year, or at least kind of pendulum swinging back the other way a little bit, or maybe it's just, you know, I don't even know what the data shows with that. Uh, there probably is an answer. If there's more or less, I haven't really noticed there. it. 
Yeah, it seems like it's pretty consistent the way it's been called from last year to this year, in your opinion. I think so as of yeah. right now, but I mean, I, I mean, we're I still getting too much attention to it. You know, like the game with the Rangers, it was pretty wide open at times. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. I mean, yeah, whatever's got to get done, I just hope, and I hope Lindy Ruff's the guy uh, to do it because, you know, there's nothing worse than having a coaching change midway through your season, which I don't think Tom Fitzgerald would do unless this team continues to just shit the bed and drop in the standings. Then you have to. You know, with the moves he made, the money that's been spent, the contracts that are out there, the expectations that have been put on this team, you have to get rid of the coach if he can't, if things don't turn around. I know, but when you start thinking about that, I, I think you're right. But you know what I find hard to do? Like project the most likely scenario that would get him canned. Like if you were Fitzgerald, when do you say, I have to? How many losses? Where do we have to be in the standings? Is it when we're mathematically eliminated from the playoffs? I don't think any of those things I don't think any of those things are what makes him pull the trigger I think it's internal I think it's things he sees in the locker room I think it's things he sees with his players and how they're you know has he lost the locker room and I don't think he has but I think it comes to a, a time where this team keeps slipping and maybe they don't have to be on the bottom and maybe they don't have to be completely out of the playoffs for this to happen but if Tom Fitzgerald just feels or hears from his players and guys like Jack and guys like Nico and stuff that, you know, guys like Brat, like, you know, this isn't the guy for the job or we're not, you know, we feel like we should be doing this and that, and he's got us doing this and this. Uh, That's when you kind of have issues where I think Tom Fitzgerald would step in and say, this team more than anything right now needs a change at the top. And then he would pull the trigger. I think that's what it would be because I don't I mean, think he would very wait. realistic that it's not going to be really dictated by the standings or the points. Uh, it's going to be more on uh, getting some real evidence of what we fear uh, if things don't go well, which is right. You know, rough losing losing the grip on the team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the likely way to look at it, but there's a real negative scenario too. Where, I mean, if they like literally go on a six game losing streak very recently. I mean, you never know because you can literally lose the season in these next couple of weeks. Well, I think this week is huge. I mean, yeah. coming off a loss against the Rangers and if they lose the next three, let's just say, uh, you know, and you're on a four game losing streak, you have two divisional games coming up next week. You know that the mood in that locker room and everything, especially if Nico's back and Jack's back and his losses keep on compounding, then yeah, maybe. maybe. I mean, there's sometimes the firing of the coach, especially in hockey, is like pulling your goaltender, you know, after a a shitty start in the first period. It's to just light a fire on your team. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes the coach just has to be that sacrificial lamb and you got to just say – they're, they need a new voice in that locker room because this one is just falling on deaf ears. It might not work, but it's it's like just doing the ultimate reset. If yeah. you know, yeah. uh, when you feel like you got nothing else to lose and there's no future with this coach, uh, and I guess you know another reality is who's out there. You know, who can he get to replace them? Who's in Mike our organization Babcock. that's ready to step up? I, I can't imagine turning this team over to a guy like Sergey Breland already. No, you know, Mike he's not Babcock. there yet. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I mean, that's the other thing. Like Tom Fitzgerald. Times, Maybe you know, he comes down. Maybe he pulls a little Amarillo. Right. He comes over and, well, it's possible. I don't know. Maybe um, you bring Kevin Deneen up from Albany or I don't know. Um, but 
I will say, you know, kind of to put a, a pin on this one or, you know, just to wrap this whole Lindy thing up, every time I'm almost out on Lindy, everything turns around. That's so, been the most consistent thing about him. Just yeah. about when you're going, I don't know what he's doing. Does he know what he's doing? Oh, he can't know what he's doing. The next game you're like, yeah, I think he knew what he was doing. Yeah. So I, I still kind of will wait before I'm I'm not definitely not chanting fire Lindy. That's for sure. I'm just, you know, it makes you think. It makes you think where are we going right now? I'm at Fire Lindy uh, if this week goes terrible. And then I will be calling for his head. Especially if the circumstances are like a a visibly confused and listless team, I might join you with that. I don't know. Uh, If it's like more injuries and crazy losses, I'm not not like chomping at the bit, but I get it. It's getting urgent. So we talked before about – plus minus and you know it's a it's one barometer it's not everything it doesn't tell the entire story but it does tell a story right <clears throat> we've agreed on that and i'm just glancing at it again right now and what's rather shocking still is that some of our lead point getters how can they be in the negative run like tyler Toffoli with nine goals seven assists is a minus eight it's almost like you're giving up as much as you're getting. And then Timo Meyer is a minus 12. Dougie Hamilton with nine before 14 points is a minus eight. So yeah. some of our offensive stars that are really capable of putting up numbers, and I'm not even getting into the guys that have underperformed that we flat out know. We know Mercer only has a couple points and he's a minus six. I'm talking about the guys that are legitimately pushing the offense have on the other side of it shit the bed. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah that, that, those pluses are, those minuses are too big to say oh that was a line change that's or whatever right. if somebody asked that's me for play. one problem with this devil team the most important problem in one word one phrase i would say it's team defense i would right. and a lot of people hear that and they go oh, the, yeah the defense has been bad we got brendan smith we got maria no i mean the team defense oh, and it's team. it's absolutely uh our scorers as well there's a very few that have a favorable plus minus right now absolutely and, and the injuries do have a ton to do with that and i think when nico yeah. comes back we're going to see a big shift in that not necessarily all from nico but you have michael mcleod who's one of our best defensive forwards playing on the first line center like that's not a place for your best defensive forward that's right. a place where he needs to try and score goals that's his position now so you're losing everything that he brings on the defensive side and that whole line and that bottom six is losing things because we're constantly taking guys that belong in that bottom six and we're pushing them up to the top six because we don't have anybody to play those positions because of the injuries. So I do think if this skid continues after everybody is healthy, then there's a big problem. I'm willing to say, wait till Nico comes back. Wait till McLeod gets put back onto that fourth line and Hall is centering that third line. Jack and Nico are centering the top two. Let's see how this yeah. does you it's know, going to be completely different, and and just again, so. a, a glancing and looking in general. I just I spotted I spotted uh, Dougie Hamilton, but in general, our defense is somewhere around like collectively like a minus two, minus three. Right. Our offense collectively is like a minus six, minus seven. I mean, I didn't add it up and divide it, but it's from the eye test. So even though our defensemen haven't played great, it's not just the defensemen. It's definitely the no team guys defense. aren't getting no back. doubt about it. They're not covering for a pinching defenseman. Right. They're making really bad uh, turnovers. They're not getting the puck out of the defensive end when they they have to. It's just it's constant poor play after I think poor faceoffs play. have taken a turn too. Uh, we were a very good faceoff team, not so much anymore to the point where we're pretty much 
giving up good scoring chances off some of our faceoffs. One of the goals that the Rangers us, goal, yeah. Rangers, yeah. I mean, I was kind of surprised on that play. Like, you know, this team was doing a lot better on faceoffs last year. Um, so that's an area that needs to improve even beyond some of the defensive mistakes. Yeah, they got it, and they got it starts tomorrow. They have got to go into Detroit hungry, um, and they got to just whoop them, just fucking whoop them. Uh, you know, don't stop. And um, well, I do want to switch gears real quick because um, Bob, you said before in general, and you said it twice in general. I'm going to say uh, in in Sarge, okay? Because Mr. Sergey Breland, the Sarge, nice. on January twentieth. Number 18 will go to the rafters yeah. as the Devils will retire um, Sergey Breland's number and he will finally be enshrined into as the New Jersey Devil Ring of Honor. Sarge will be up there. It's about time that Absolutely. all five of those dudes are up there together. Yep. All three Absolutely. cups. Yep. That is more than overdue. Guy deserves it. That's so awesome. No, I got some uh, career stats from uh, Sergey Breedlin. He played 765 games, all, by the way, with New Jersey. He had 129 goals, 179 assists for 308 points. He was a plus 49 in his career. Um, That's impressive. Yeah. 273 penalty minutes, 1,016 shots. He has 14 game-winning goals and a Corsi rating of almost 50%, which meant about 50% of the time that Sergey Brillian was on the ice, they controlled play. Uh, three Stanley Cups. His best offensive year was 2000-2001. He played 75 games. He had 23 goals, 29 assists for 52 points. And in the playoffs, he played 109 playoff games with the Devils, 15 goals, 19 assists, 34 points, plus two Three power play goals, three game-winning goals, and 32 penalty minutes. So, big shout-out for Sergey Breland. Congratulations, Sergey. The man deserves it. Devils hockey. Uh, People were talking about Lou Lamarillo's team. Wow, that's still going, isn't it? Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's well-deserved. It really is. But, you know, what's, what's a Lou Lamarillo New Jersey devil? The, the prototypical player is Sergey Breeder. Nobody Breeder. did it better than him. Nope. He was so responsible, so clutch when you needed him. You know, there were other types of players on the team, uh, but nobody embodied Devils hockey more than him. You, you know? know, thinking about that Corsi rating too, you know, you've always wanted to drive play in hockey. There's no secret. You want to do that for a hundred years, but it's really become kind of a trend and kind of a, a motivating point in the last few decades where it's like talked about as a game plan to know that he was just, doing that on those teams in his role uh, is quite impressive. And for all his years with New Jersey, and we've watched so many of his games, uh, you know, he could play in the top six. He could play in the bottom six. He could play on the wing. He could take yep. face off, see penalty kill, he'll power play. And he didn't hurt you. What, you know, whatever you just needed that he could him play to there, do. He didn't yeah. hurt you. Yeah. He was absolutely the devil's unsung hero of all three Stanley Cups, and it's very nice to know. Now, does that mean Pilat has to change his number, or is he grandfathered in? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how yeah, that's going to work. I guess Pilat will be the last New Jersey I guess devil to wear it, right? He, he'd probably yeah. give it up. Yeah. You think he'd give it up? I think it's the right thing to do. You do? Yeah. 
Okay. For sure. You're coming into an organization. Well, did, I think he did he not have 18 last year and he just put it on this year or is that somebody else I'm thinking of? Um, no, he had 18 last he year. When he came oh, yeah. over, he, he was – uh, uh, I don't know. I mean, he didn't know the guy Mercer was going to be was retired. He's gonna Mercer be retired. Eight, yeah, Mercer changed his number four. That's what it was. Okay. Mercer and, changed his number to 91. You know, four look at it this way. If, if we got another player, yeah, he can't wear 18 and he'll be the last player to win wear uh, 18 on the Devils. A plot, but he'll also be the only player who can't have his number retired. As <laughs> That's right. right. You know? That's like, right. Yeah. If Palat plays, you know, the next six years for New Jersey and wins six cups and has four con smice and all that, yeah. he'll never ever have his jersey number retired. That's funny. Like I gotta choose a different number now I, as yeah. I'm winning. I, these I cups. wouldn't look down on him for not. You know, I just think like if it were me, <laughs> it's an easy. It's an easy decision. Like, just yeah, I'll, be, I'll be 81 or whatever. I don't care. I know you get tied to your number for sure. Right. But um, it, this is a very different situation. So, but I still way, don't understand why the Rangers have two number nines retired. I think I mentioned that. I was in the garden for a concert. I'm looking up. They got number nine. He's Graves. And I forget yeah. the other dude. And Adam like, Graves. How did that happen? That? I don't understand it. I want to find out. They just forgot. Sure a, they forgot about yeah, the first one. They forgot. They forgot about <laughs> oh, the first shit. One. We have one hanging up there. It's <laughs> going already. up and like, oh. oh, we made a mistake. I didn't mean to get number nine. <laughs> that's, that's, that's messed up. Yeah, they, they gonna... retired his number, but they didn't really like the guy. So they're like, fuck you. We're still going to hand out your number. Um, They actually have nine and 11 retired twice. Yeah, so why did Messier wear 11 if there was another 11? Because he's Messier. Um, it doesn't make sense. You either retire a number or you don't. I think this says, I don't know if this is true, that they retired 9 and 11 after 9-11. And then they, well, again, what? when the, and like Adam, like uh, Adam Graves and Messier's numbers were already retired. But sure. then after 9-11, they retired them again, like kind of like as a... I don't know if this is true. Like the, um, this says the Rangers don't understand how to retire a jersey. No, it was <laughs> that's, that's Bathgate right. and Graves are number nine. Right, Bathgate. Um, so Graves it says here, Graves number nine was retired. Everyone knew Graves number nine. And Leach is number two, Messier number 11, Richter 35 were going to be retired. They were the heart and soul of the organization for a decade. Well, when Graves was retired, it would have seemed disrespectful to not also honor the retirement for Bathgate number nine. I don't know what they're talking about here. Okay, so that's they, some stupid. Not, right. Bathgate wasn't retired till Graves retired, and then they decided let's retire both numbers. Is that what they're saying? I think so. They really don't uh, understand how to retire numbers. Mm-hmm. That's pretty stupid. Then it says here the Rangers' other number eleven gets his day of honor. So I guess, yeah, they, Vic Hadfield, um, who was a famous uh, number 11 for the Rangers, um, he scored 50 goals uh, in a season. Um, he was the first Ranger to score 50 goals in a season. And then okay. Messier. Messier's number 11 was retired in 2006, two years after his final NHL game. And then uh, Hadfield became the 10th Ranger player to have his number honored. So, yeah, they, they both had number 11s. They didn't retire Hadfield until much, much later. So they're right. They don't know. Like you just said, they don't know how to retire numbers. You don't wait 30 years to retire a number. You know? <laughs> Seriously. That's, you know, that's, that's pretty incredible. I, I had no, At no point did I imagine they retired the earlier 11 after the later 11 or, or 9 or whatever. That's crazy. I hate it. I hate them, and I hate that they're fucking first in the division and a really good hockey team right now. I mean, well, they really yeah. are. 
and it drives me crazy. I'm not too worried. If we don't do what we're supposed to do, then we don't even deserve uh, yeah. a good matchup with them. But I still believe our team is far superior. superior. They just got to get off the mat and do what they are supposed to be doing. I, I, I will say that the Rangers have uh, really done well under La Violette, and he's got the buying in, and I love it. It looked good. It's good hockey. Got to appreciate is. that. And it's going to be and, tough uh, hockey to beat in the playoffs. Yeah, but you know what? I think it, we can do it. You know, we just have to get on our thing, and and they just no matter how hard they play, they won't be able to stand with us if if our Bobby team could play our game. He's had enough. Bobby's gone. Oh, bye, Bob. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. I do think the Devils are better, um, but they got to get their shit together. No way about it. Um, they got to get their shit together. But one thing that you can get your shit together by is by downloading the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Okay. Um, yeah. So I think, uh, let's see. I was looking at some lines earlier today on a couple of yeah. games. Doing some lines. So there were two games that I liked for tomorrow. Uh, let's see. What was it? Uh, Devils. Uh, Detroit actually is, um, we are favored tomorrow by a goal and a half. I do like Pittsburgh getting a goal and a half over the Rangers tomorrow. I like that one. Pittsburgh's playing good. I'll give them a goal and a half and put a few bucks on and okay. see how that goes. Rangers okay. just got spanked by um, whatchamacallit, Dallas last night. Mm-hmm. So that was good to see. But, you know, or if your football betting is your thing, you got plenty of games this week. We got three games on Thanksgiving. We have one game on Friday. We have all our Saturday slate. And then Monday night, we have Vikings uh, Bears. So that'll be good. Yeah. But, is that a lock? Vikings? No, definitely not a lock. But we'll see. We'll see. I like the way the Vikings have been playing. I do think they kind of got fucked on Sunday night. They lost in Denver. Um, Alexander Madison had a really bad fumble. Refs missed a couple of really big penalties, but not going to blame it on the refs. Vikings should have finished the game, and they didn't. They lost by a point, and that's what happens. But you don't have to lose. Nope. All you have to do is download the app now and use code THPN. New customers can get one. 150 bucks instantly in bonus bets, Dan. Did you hear what That's I said? Good. 150. Did you say 150? I said it. $150 in bonus bets. Um, and all you have to do is bet $5 on hockey. And that's code THPN on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the National Hockey League. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Gambling problem? Hmm? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuing cdknj.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2023. All rights reserved. Nice. Bobby's back. Hi, Hi, Bobby. You just missed the best commercial ever. How about Can you do it again? Uh, we'll We'll do it worse this time. You guys know that my war against Christmas and the holidays in general has been a frustrated war, to say the least. But I think this year I might just win 
and I'm winning by taking advantage of Black Friday now. I don't have to wait till Friday. Our good friends at Raycon, inventors of the 32-hour battery life everyday earbuds, which deliver high-quality, thoughtful features and a perfect in-ear fit. And I mean perfect. They have Black Friday every day this month. You go there right now. Go to Raycon.com slash THPN, and you'll get 20 to 50% off site-wide. That's by Raycom.com slash THPN. You know, while you're there, why not stop and say, maybe buy something that charges all your numerous devices. Uh, They have a Magic 180 cable. It's magic. Uh, It allows you to charge iOS, micro USB, Type-C devices faster. 100-watt power delivery, maybe eight times faster than what you're used to. Your weak-ass charger. Get this one. Instead, uh, if you don't feel like a charger, if you're all charged up, try a faucet filter. Yes, a faucet filter. Didn't expect that one, did you? Not at all. Tap water. has chlorine and heavy metals in it. It, it, You have to get those things out. You cannot be drinking them. It's not good for you. Use their faucet filter. It's an ultra filter. It's a must-have for ensuring the water you use to wash your face, brush your teeth, is actually clean. So... To get everyone into the holiday shopping spirit a bit early, Raycon is currently offering 20, 50% off everything on their site. 20% off everything on their site, 50% off select products. So trust me, you do not want to miss out. Go right now to Raycon.com slash THPN. Tell them the pucker sent you. Go now. Well, actually wait until you're done with listening to our show. Then, then, then go. go. Then go. Get all that stuff. Get all that stuff. Make your holiday Bravo. bright. Yes. Man, what are we going to do when it's actual Black Friday? Mm. Well, do all the Raycon sales go away on Saturday, or does it keep on going? Uh, yeah, it's these guys will be surprised. If, oh, okay. Uh, they're going to keep surprising us with bigger I think they're going to come out with a fourth product, uh, some what kind of fertilizer. What do you think they could possibly – yeah, <laughs> like uh, is it going to be a fertilizer? <laughs> Raycon now has new vinyl siding for your house. This Raycon vinyl siding goes great with your everyday unexpected. earbuds. Your I don't know what it is. And your one it's definitely going to be unexpected. Yes, right. I know. Personal spaceships <laughs> from Raycon. Wow. I would get in that thing. Sure. I totally would. Why not? As no, long definitely. as I had a place to plug my 180 jack in to plug in to charge and my uh, everyday earbuds, can't, right. can't beat that shit. Can't beat that. So, right. do you do you think the New Jersey Devil players wear their Raycon earbuds, or do you think they just bet on DraftKings all the time? I think they they need to wear their Raycons so they can be in good communication with each other. <laughs> Maybe that's where Lindy Ruff's message is being lost. Maybe they just have their uh, earbuds in all the time, and they're not hearing them. They're such a perfect fit; they don't hear any outside noise. It's like they don't forget they're even in their ears. Coach cancellation. <laughs> the coach cancellation function. I yeah. love it. Um, you know, I do want to bring up Dan. You uh, turned me on to Frightened Rabbit. I really oh, dig yeah. them. They're a fucking good band, band. from Scotland. Uh, I saw them opening up for the Cure this summer. And uh, I thought the actually, singer no, killed himself. I saw former members of Fred okay. open up, <laughs> and they have a band called The Twilight Sad. And you know that band was okay, but they one of their better songs they did was a cover of Frightened Rabbit. So I got turned on to them that way, and I thought it was pretty cool. It was kind of interesting band. You know? Yeah, I was you know oh, doing a little research. Oh fuck! I guess I'm not seeing these guys. The lead singer's dead. No, yeah, unfortunately, yeah. Have you ever listened to them, Bob? No, I never heard of them. Check out Frightened Rabbit. 
Yeah, I hadn't heard of them either till the summer, and yeah, kind of cool. Yeah, something, something different. What do you listen to now, Bob? Like, what's in your playlist? Uh, you know, I still listen to a lot of heavy stuff when I'm at the gym. Like, you know, I have Metallica. Everything Metallica is still always playing. Um, I'm still, you know, I I listen to. I discovered there was a couple of new Toad albums that I hadn't got. I picked them up. Are they so good? That. Yeah. Are they, yeah. Are they still making music? Yeah, I, I almost went. They had a show just like the 40 Rocket. minutes away. Like did two you go? weeks ago. I, oh, no, I almost made it. I think I did a oh, podcast no. instead because, you know, I got priorities. Absolutely. Um, one of my kids found one of my old CDs and, and she was listening to it. We were just talking about them the other day and I hadn't thought about them in years. Which CD? Bread and Circus? Probably. I think I only had two. At Dulcina, I think. Dulcina, and Bread yeah. and Circus. So Dulcina, Bread and yeah, Circus is a fantastic album. That, I really like that. I, I love Fear. I think Fear might be their best album. I think start to finish, it's really good. Yeah. What, yeah, what else? Great. I don't know if I remember that one. I, I, I always loved uh, Delusnia. Delusnia or something? Yeah. yeah. yeah I always loved with, that one. Uh, um, something's Always Wrong on it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Get a little watered down song. with In Light Syrup and All Past. But a couple of the songs, I, just, I was listening to like... Uh, yeah, Alexa music or whatever, and uh, right, all of a sudden right. I said, "Play, you know, Toad Wet Sprocket," and the songs are on. I'm like, "Alexa, who is this?" They're like, "It's Toad Wet Sprocket." I'm like, "Oh, okay." And I was like, "All right, cool." And I'll, I'll throw them a couple bucks and pick it up. But mostly, you know, between like Pandora and all that stuff, you kind of create your stations. And I just add all my favorite bands, so it's everything you would expect. Like, right, that's right. in there, Dave's in there, you too, and it just kind of blends and do you, listen to do that you ever all get, day. Like- like Alexa, or in my case, I'm listening more like to Spotify. But they, they, you know, they they're all all like recommending shit to you, and I get very angry when they recommend something I haven't heard of, but I like it because I it, it makes me angry. Like, like fuck you, you don't know me. You know, I want to be like <laughs> this algorithm can't figure the complexity of me out, and then they recommend something. I'm like, no, I fucking do like that. I hate you for it. You know? Yep. Yeah. Uh, you know what I like about the Alexa app? Like, if you say, you know, play. If you mention a song title. You'll get that song, and then you'll get you know similar artists and songs. Right. That, and it's very unlike the early days of Pandora, where I was. I wanted to hear um, Alexa by Billy Joel. So I literally that was how I started the channel. Like right. Alexa, and like the first thing they played was like Elton John or something. I'm like, yep. no, first you play this song, then you can give me all the other shit. Early Pandora sucked. It does. It, it sucked. Did, yep. You put on the U2 station, you'll get one U2 song one. every three yep. hours. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it, it's like. So I, I actually I never just did the Pandora. Never did that. I just listened to um, a, a Smartless episode with Michael Stipe on it. Oh, um, cool! That was really good. You know, like, I haven't heard many interviews with Stipe other than like the little short ones on MTV. How'd it go? Was just it cool? such a fucking down to earth, normal dude. Like he's just gracious and kind and smart and it was a really good interview and i really dug him and he's just like a normal dude now you know like he what's the word any more rem for him or no more rem i mean still from what it seems like is still super the guys are like brothers you know right he's always talking so highly about him he does have his first solo album coming out um he's in he said it's about halfway done in the interview he said it's not going to be anything like what you would expect it's very he's like i like electronic music i'm using a lot of stuff with that so um i'm kind of interested uh to yeah. check that out and he does a lot of art like him and his boyfriend have his boyfriend's a, a fucking amazing photographer um right what the hell is his name thomas i gotta check it but it, it, what's that is it tank engine his last name thomas the tank engine. <laughs> <laughs> i think that is it thomas oh. dozel D-O-Z-O-L. He's French. 
Um, and I was checking out actually tonight at dinner, my wife and I were talking about the interview. She listened to it too. And, um, I was looking at some of his artwork and he does mostly portraits, but it's kind of abstract portraits. Very fucking cool shit. Interesting. Um, I'll pick that out. Yeah. But Michael Stipe said he, he's always doing a lot of sculptures and stuff. Now he's doing an art show. His first real one, I think in Milan, Italy, it's like uh, three months that he'll be there. Yeah. So, you know, he's just doing, lives in New York city and just a normal down to earth, cool ass dude. Like that made me think, have you ever been to the uh, Danny Clinch museum in Asbury? He's no. A, so Danny Clinch is a, you know, fairly local photographer, but he's like huge. He like worked under Annie Leibovitz, who did all those rock photos. Sure. Has a billion, you know, famous rock photos out there. And, uh, you know, mostly just taking pictures of different bands, some bands that I'm sure everybody loves. Uh, uh, but yeah, he's got like a, a gallery in, um, in Asbury Park. If you ever get a chance to go there, it's like called the Transparent Gal- Gallery. And, you know, they sell some stuff, but you can just walk around and look at all this stuff. It's so cool. I got to check that out. That sounds yeah, really Clint, awesome. T-L-I-N-C-H. Uh, anybody heading down to Asbury, definitely check that out. I think it's open all year round. I am the Click Commander. Oh, you said Clint. Clinch. Clinch. Oh, like, Clinch. Like the like Clinch your playoff. C-L-I-N-C-H. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. How about uh, the Decemberists, Bob? You ever hear them? I have heard them. I don't know enough of them, but I have heard them. Uh, I recommend uh, The King is Dead. Put that That's album good. on. That one was, uh, uh, I think you'll really like that. I think it was uh, Peter Buck who uh, produced that album from uh, yeah, Peter Buck, um, he did some guitar work on it too. Well, if he you listen to like the beginning of Calamity Song, it is R.E.M. I mean, yeah, that is. There's some kind of video out there of um, them teaching him his parts because they wanted him to play on them. And he's like, and so the dude who wrote the song, it's Colin Malloy, is like, okay, so. This is how it goes. You're going to see I ripped you off like the rest. <laughs> and because it's true, like a lot of the uh, songs on that album in particular, the Americana kind of vibe. Yeah. Have guitar riffs that are total like Peter Buck style guitar riffs. Yeah. It's a fantastic album. I mean, they have a lot of really good albums, but for you to start off, I think listen to The King is Dead. I think yeah, you'll always like looking it. for new music. And I also highly recommend Frank Turner. Yeah, definitely. Anything yeah. Frank Turner. Big, big fan. Um, right. Frank Turner's more of like I, I I probably would have to classify him as folk punk. Uh, mm-hmm. If you didn't think that that could be a thing, mm-hmm. it's his thing, and nice. it's just yeah, amazing. Um, so many good albums, but I'll just say throw him into your Spotify or, or your. Now where is he uh, from? Again? He's, he's from England. He's he's British. Okay. Yeah, he's British. British. His new album, well, newest album that came out that that's the one that Karen and I caught the tour um, that last summer. That is just a, a really good album. It's pretty, you know, a lot of heavy stuff on there, but like he like touches on this, like some really good, um, like throughout the course of his catalog from when he was younger, like up to today, you have a lot of, a lot of songs about his, him and his estranged father. So he, apparently his father was a complete douchebag growing up and they never spoke. And, you know, so he does have some songs about that. Well, his father, um, transitioned to a female and uh he has a song and like that's probably why he was such an asshole growing up you know but um there has a song on there called miranda which is what his father goes by now well he is miranda now um and he wrote this and it's a fucking fantastic song and it's just all about like his story and how like just seeing 
her happy now, you know, completely takes away sure. everything that happened in the past. It's just a fantastic tune. Uh, he's a great songwriter, great singer. Um, definitely check him out. Sweet. Definitely. All right, boys, what do you think? Tomorrow night, Devil's Red Wings. Yeah, looking for a yep. good response. I'm looking for a convincing win. Anything less than a nice convincing win, you're going to still feel like uh, we're going in the wrong direction. This should be a win. It should. I, I really feel like you're going to see another game shot, you know, surprise where Jack puts a team on his shoulders. Cause if anybody was pissed off about that Ranger game, it was Jack or at least realistic about it saying we're not, he ready was realistic. We're, not yes. we're not that good team yet. And we need to be that again. So, you know, he's definitely capable of carrying this team. I think he's gonna, I think he's going to put on a show. It doesn't mean it's necessarily going to translate to like five points or anything, but he's going to drive the team. And I expect a win. Like I literally expect a win. You know, not a good game. Not I expect a win. Well, I'm going to call it. Vitek Vanacek will get a shutout tomorrow against Detroit. What a great time for our first yeah, shutout of the perfect. season. I would love it. And we will not be seeing Damon Severson on Friday. Mm-hmm. Damon Severson's out about six weeks with an oblique injury. So the hits just keep on coming for the Blue Jackets. Now, I did say that Damon Severson will either be scratched or benched during the game on one of my predictions. Does that count if he's injured? I think so. Why not? Well, scratch the bench. We know what your intent was. My Definitely not my intent it's, of him being injured. You're look, right. There's, I definitely... scratches. there's a healthy scratch right. and a not healthy scratch. So if he's injured, that's right. a not if healthy you, scratch. If you said the word scratch. I'm going to go counts. back and look scratch right counts. now and see what I what I wrote exactly because yeah, yeah. it is going to be about the wording. If you said healthy scratch, you're wrong. If I'd have said that that Luke Hughes would outperform Connor Bedard, then I possibly could have won on the plus minus. We got to think about how we say these things. Right, You're right. You might have to be specific. Yep. I it was is. asking some probing questions about some of the times last time we were saying the Devils will get this many points. I'm like, is it exactly that many, or is that the minimum? Because right. it matters. It does. You're right. It's all so about I clarified the word. last week. At least five of the six, right? It matters to the extent. Get, it's a new game. We're getting there. Matters in this game. <laughs> it really doesn't, but still. I'm trying to until I start okay. winning, and then it does matter. Right. I Wait. said that the, my exact words were: Damon Severson will be benched or scratched at some point on Friday, or scratched or benched at some point on Friday. I think, boy, I think you know it's hard to say exactly what your intention was, but I, I read it as this: you were saying. He ain't going to play, but if he does play, he'll get benched. Yeah. You know, and he ain't going to play because of injury. I think that covers it unless you said he's going to be a healthy scratch. I feel like his full intention was he was going to be scratched because he was playing like shit. (laughs) That That was was my intention. intention. But I didn't say that. He didn't say say it. uh, I think he's getting in the gray area here. I don't think we can deny it. He's a scratch right now. Is he on long term? He didn't say he's a scratch. We didn't in six we weeks. Should have, if so we really wanted to rob the points from him, we should have said, "Excuse me, when you say scratch, <laughs> do you mean right. even a healthy scratch?" And then we could talk about it. But we didn't. That's You're right. right. And, and it, it, yeah, we are going to have to be a little bit more. We'll get like Bobby said. Yeah, we'll get more of the hang of it. Lesson learned, though. I, I mean, sometimes these grayers work in your favor. I actually forgot so, that I had this one. I said that neither goalie will finish the game on Wednesday in Detroit, and then I just said about a minute ago a that, that Vanacek's going to get He could get, get injured. Out. He so, could get a shutout and get injured, and somebody else fill in the last couple seconds. Okay, so what if Van- period. So if Vanacek doesn't let any goals in and gets injured in the first period, 
Yeah, even and the first minute. Is that a, and and then Schmidt comes in and lets Vanacek six gets in. a shutout. Vanacek gets a shutout. Right, we got to mark out our definition. So you're right. Well, there's no <laughs> points on the Vanacek shutout one. I, I just had the point on on both team, both goalies getting. Yeah, you're not scratched. like Nostradamus so much as you're like the Oracle of Delphi, where you're just giving out riddles. <laughs> it goes either way. We don't know yeah, what right. it means. It depends. It. Only in retrospect will you know what he meant. But yeah, their seasons, they, they have to look at it this way. That their season starts tomorrow. There can be no more mistakes. You, you I hope blew, they're listening tonight. Yeah, I, huh, yeah. They usually do. You, you, a message out that's what there. they told Very me. Clear for them. There's nothing else for them to do on a Tuesday night, but listen. No. Not to mention that, well, tomorrow probably. They're in Michigan. When the show's posted. But yeah, I mean, yeah, what are you going to do in Detroit? You're going to either go buy drugs or go outside. Us, you know, you know just cold out. You know, everybody there has got. So you're saying the you can go to Windsor. Drugs not to listen to us. They'd have to be literally on drugs to, to not, not listen to us. Yes. Wow, that's good. Yeah, because you know we're so fucking good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, they got to. You know, tomorrow's the night. It, it, they they've used up all of their like uh, you know. We're rough still patches learning. throughout the course yeah. of the year. Like there's We're still no gelling more. as a team. It's like, ah, it's November now. It's right. late cut the bullshit eight games ago. Yeah. You've yeah. played 16 games. Like, you know, there's no more gelling. Like I get the injuries. I totally do. But at the same it's time, basically a fifth of the season, almost a quarter of the season. Yeah. Every team right. deals with injuries. It's a, you know, the really good deep teams are the ones that end up, you know, winning despite, and the devils haven't been able to do that. But you know, does it look like Nico Heischer will be in the lineup tomorrow? I don't know. I mean, he's practiced on the fourth line. Uh, I don't know if they Jesus. feel like they're going to start him there to like ease him in because that you know either you're ready or what, not. What, this is just yeah, practice lines. Yeah. But you know, they're still got Mikey up on the first line and him down the fourth. I I'm oh, assuming good. that's just easing him in for practice. But what? that doesn't make what? any sense. I don't. Did he have like a "Don't hit me" jersey on for practice? No, yeah, white jersey. He didn't wear the red one. I would think then that he's not going to play tomorrow. I really would. I would think that he's going to be sitting another game if Lindy Ruff had him practicing on the fourth line, which is, you know, the place where he should never, ever be, uh, even in fucking practice. So Is he going back to us without all his faculties? Is that what you're trying Lindy? to tell us? No. Nico, <laughs> why is he, I, was he a fourth liner now? What is this practice on the fourth line? He actually shit? had I don't a get it. diaper on, too. I guess that hit to the head was pretty serious. Nico's more, yeah, he's going to be a different player. He's going to have a bigger helmet on. I feel like Larry on off in a fucking wheelchair. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God, Nico, this isn't sled hockey. (laughs) All right. Anything else you boys want to chat about this evening before we wrap it up? Okay, yeah, the tweet, I did see a tweet. Nico, he's just not playing tomorrow. Yeah, okay. So they were just easing him in. So not tomorrow. Teams have to do without him. So maybe Columbus on Friday. That looks likely, yes. All right. Uh, so, guys, thank you so much for you know sticking with us this hour and ten minutes. We uh, Dan and I will do our best to get on tomorrow after the Red Wing game and do a little show just to talk about that. Um, so hopefully we will be able to do that. If not, hey, guys, have a great, safe, happy Thanksgiving, all our listeners. Um, and let us know, Garrett, when you watch those movies. And we would like a, uh, you know, a like, a five-star review, rating, a positive review. What else do we need? That's about Comment. it, right? Comment? I mean, I'll take yeah. cash. If you just or want cash. to send cash. That's we fine. can say we definitely take cash or money order. 
Right. So on that note, uh, for Bobby Dan, I'm Chris. We are the Uncle Puckers. We will see you when we see you, bitches. Book is out. Bye-bye. 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 Was that your Adam Sandler? It was terrible, it was right? It's yeah. over, Johnny. Like it's my over. Impression. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Gobble, gobble. <laughs>